welcome to Metra, the largest of the five cities. Home to the biggest corpos left on Earth. The lights are bright, sometimes a bit too bright for my liking. But the underbelly of the city grows dimmer by the day. The city bustles with life, screams its stories from every crack in the foundation. Join us, won't you, as we spin the tales from Metra. Zara James hadn't posted to her world feed in nearly three weeks. Normally this could have been a cause for panic, but with nearly 25 million subscribers to her public feed and 5 million subscribers to her premium feed, Zara was by far the most followed reporter in the five cities. She was known for posting all the details, updates, and special scoops on the world's top stories nearly 10 times a day or so, while also spending hours interacting in her feed chat. You had to let people in on this personal level if you expected them to stay subbed to your feed. She would often host a chill session that doubled as a mukbang where she would talk to her followers over whatever she'd made for dinner that night. Usually on nights her fiancé had to work late. People didn't just tap into her feed. They stayed tapped in. Zara's fiancé had died, and it having been only three weeks isn't an overly long time to mourn the loss of a significant other, but she was really starting to feel her own absence. It'd been too long since she'd posted. For the first time in her life, she'd found herself with little to nothing to say. She actually had plenty of things to say, but not anything she realistically could say. Sure, she'd love to talk about ghouls' hunger, or talk about finding survivors of GH support groups, but that was something you just didn't talk about. The kind of taboo you wanted as little to do with as possible. If Zara even mentioned GH on her feed, there was a chance she'd get flagged, and maybe even get a temporary shadow ban for spreading intentional dissatisfaction. And that's not even considering how much subscriber loss she'd suffer. So Zara had spent the last three weeks trying to do exactly what the rest of the world had decided to do. And that was to forget that GH had ever existed. She had to forget the deep, soulless, obsidian eyes that lunged at her like the skeletal guardian of an ancient crypt. She had to forget the tight skin splitting with tension dried out from dehydration and the gums bearing near the root of the teeth worn away like battered coastline. She had to forget the sight of one human being biting into the throat of another simply because they were suffering from a ravenous, unending hunger. A vicious, angry, bony specter. She had to somehow forget watching the love of her life her face splattered with the blood of a man she'd only just met, a macabre abstract art installation, society's bastard performance piece. Could she forget the screeching? It was an unholy guttural sound, bellowing the ancient language of the elder nightmares. Being so afraid and scared and alone, she had to forget that Taylor had ever existed, which wasn't exactly something you can just flip a switch on. She tried the most popular methods of brain damage, filling herself with a variety of liquids and pills, but dissonance wasn't going to be enough. She needed erasure. Yeah, the government had put a ban on memory tampering after it had been proven to cause psychosis in some percentage of people that Zara couldn't recall, but they had also banned about half of these pills she'd been popping, and they weren't all that hard to get either. 
Zara unplugged her tablet from her upper forearm and wiped down the connectors underneath. She had a signal scrambler she had to attach to make sure no one could track her burner tablet. It made the fit of the burner a little tight and uncomfortable, but it was the only way she could tap into the dark feed. That's where she'd found the drugs, and figured she'd find the mind erasure doctor. She'd used the dark feed to track down leads on all kinds of stories in the past, but it wasn't just some walk in the park. It's hard to decide who you can trust when you're doing something that tends to be a market for the untrustworthy. Zara decided to float a seeker post, have a quick survey for anyone in the erasure market that was looking to freelance on her terms. The search was boring, just a bunch of mental chop shops and implant dealers mostly with the occasional interesting criminal enterprise. Even if you had the means of tapping into the dark feed, you still had to know where to look if you were planning on actually finding anything. Zara figured that was enough lurking for the night. She'd temporarily satisfied her curiosity, so she popped the burner tablet and the signal inverter off her arm, cleaned the lipid buildup off the connectors, and that would often happen if your tech ran hot. And then she popped it back into the standard feed. She tuned her feed to a marathon station of interdimensional fight league. There was something therapeutic about watching fake violence, especially when that fake violence is for the title. You know. It helped to blend harsh realities with a little lofty fantasy. A lot of people in her social circle would mock Zara for even watching the stuff, but what other form of entertainment captured an idea anywhere close to as intriguing as kayfabe? Dating all the way back to the fake fights held in 20th century circuses, kayfabe wasn't the real world. It was the world they presented as real. Kayfabe was their name in the ring, the personalities, the storylines that made the fights that much juicier. To her, this was a direct representation of society. There were the faces and filters and curated moments shared with curated lists of curated people, and then there was the icy reality of sitting on an overpriced couch your fiancé convinced you to buy a week before she died, feeling like you have no one you can truly talk to. She unfocused her eyes and let her brain drift into the white noise of sleep. In the morning, the burner tablet didn't have any notification markers, which meant her floater post must have read like an outsider. She's going to need to build up rep points on a new dark feed user ID because that one was most likely stealth ghosted from the feed. She did have a message on her personal tab, however, the one that only her close friends and family had access to, but this message appeared like it had come from a blank account. The subject header simply read, Taylor, and when she opened it, the message consisted of one question. Do you want to get over it, or do you want revenge? The question was followed by a private hosted video link that Zara was hesitant to tap into. She wiped the crust from the edges of her eyes with her oversized shirt that featured this cartoon lizard named Gorbo from this old cartoon her grandma used to love. She took a long drink of synth wine, the kind from the aluminum pouch you can usually score for less than a credit at the corner bodegas. It had been sitting out all night, but she needed to take the edge off, so the dry heaves after swallowing were sort of worth it. Nothing taps you right into reality like violently throwing up nothing for a few minutes. Caution was overrun by curiosity, and she clicked the damn link. Could have been a virus. Some people even think GH started as some bit of code that got uploaded into someone's biotech, then had a bad reaction with some hereditary virus, but that was just some conspiracy crap, and Zara didn't care anymore. She was feeling like she had very little left to lose. The first sound feeding into her implants was far too familiar. The visceral screech of a ghoul. 
It couldn't be confused with anything else. Everyone knew that sound, even if they didn't talk about it. There was no way you heard the call of a ghoul and weren't drawn back to some unspeakable moment usually featuring the death of a loved one. That's why suppression therapy was so popular before they outlawed that, too. You can still get it done, but like everything else, it was a lot less safe than it used to be. At first, the little arena looked like something out of Interdimensional Fight League. It was a large hexagon, walled off by rusted metal sliding gates and barbed wire fences with bleachers of screaming fans behind them. All of them in masks, featuring a variety of comic book heroes. A door on either side of this dirt pit in the middle started to scratch and rattle open, and a ghoul came thrashing out of each of the new openings. It reminded her of a rodeo, or more so it reminded her of what the rodeo videos her grandpa had shown her looked like. It looked remarkably real, and she started looking to see if she could spot any obvious digital markers. On the fight leagues, there were these little moments that if you were paying attention, it gave away the smoke and mirrors. Little inconsistencies pop up around the edges of objects that would indicate they were going to enter a fight sequence that had a predetermined finishing outcome. If you'd watch closely enough or often enough, you could almost predict the outcome of each encounter. It was all about patterns, everything always was, but she wasn't finding any here. As far as she could tell, this video was legit. The ghouls were violently wailing on each other in barbarous fashion, and Zara was ashamed when she realized she'd been clenching her fists along with the action. She took a moment to ground herself in the reality of the situation, and that these things were real people being abused for the entertainment of what she could only assume were other real people. This all felt so dehumanizing and disgusting, and just as Zara had thought to chalk the whole thing up to being sent to her by some incel troll, Taylor was on her screen. There were definitely filters you could use, along with other ways to track a different face onto a moving video, but if her face was being put onto this ghoul with tech, it was the best tech Zara had ever seen. No publicly available filter was anywhere close to that flawless. Plus, she could still make out some of her features. Her long eyelashes, those million dollar cheekbones. Whoever was in charge of this had been keeping her alive, and clearly, for this reason. Taylor's dyed blonde hair had been violently ripped out in spots, but the way the roots showed on the parts that remained would have embarrassed her. She was vicious, wearing an outfit that Zara had never seen her in before. She nearly tore the head off the other ghoul, a short man that was incredibly muscular despite the disease. She devoured her opponent, literally, and Zara kind of chuckled at the idea of Taylor's sarcastic tone making a joke about how her opponent's physique must have just been show muscles. She felt hollow knowing she could watch something like this and laugh, but grief had a funny way of finding warmth and latching onto it. Even though it was infuriating and vile, the simple existence of whatever was going on in this video, Zara just loved the idea of thinking differently about Taylor. Something other than death. Just for a moment. But was this really any different than death? Was it really any better to think about? Instead, Zara imagined how her warmth had felt blending with her own. Taylor had been a pretty tall woman. She towered over Zara, who was only 157 centimeters. And it was nice to remember the moments of snuggling against her shoulder, feeling the softness of the top of her breast against Zara's cheek as she looked up and thought of Taylor as a protector. She really had been. She would have made her get off the couch days ago. It was almost too difficult to move without her. The video ended, and she had to remind herself that Taylor was dead, even if she actually wasn't. Not completely, at least. 
Zara went to her kitchen and pushed the coffee button on her fridge replicator. It poured her a hot cup, but her yellow indicator was blinking, so she was going to have to replace the resource tube soon. She sipped the coffee for a while and tried to push her mind somewhere else, but it wasn't working. It can be hard to distract yourself from the chilled, tingling path of teardrops. She tried to replicate some plain oatmeal, but the resource tubes were seriously tapped and it was more of a runny bowl of mush. So basically the same thing. She sobbed and ate her disappointment. Zara barely made it through half a bowl before her mind took back over. Who was running this thing? Why? How did they get their hands on Taylor? If they were doing this fighting pit shit to her, what else were they doing? And who in the hell had sent her this message? She'd never seen an account so blanked out you could barely even attempt to reply. Zara's tablet suddenly received a new notification, right on cue. One that vibrated her tablet so hard it knocked a spoon out of her hand and caused it to sploot into what was left of her attempted oatmeal. It was from the same blank account as the video Link had been. It just said, Link is dead now. Meet, 14th and Grand, 2 a.m. Pompeii. Zara tried to tap in on the link just to see if it was actually dead now, and it was just plain text. She looked up 14th and Grand and saw a bodega on one corner and what looked to be a rundown comedy club across the street. Neither of those things was called Pompeii, so she wasn't quite sure what that was supposed to mean, but maybe it would become more clear when she went down there. Her instincts were to go scout out the location, get a lay of the land, not get caught off guard, but this was all scary. For all she knew, this person was going to kidnap her, feed her to the ghouls in the fight pit. Who knew? She plugged in her stun baton she'd decided to borrow from a police drone that had shut down a rave she was reporting on. She'd planned on giving it back, but you know how little things like that get forgotten and then suddenly you need an illegal weapon to protect yourself? No big deal. The baton was a little black cylinder about the size of a cigar. You stab one into the person you need to shock, and a little spike that branched out like a circle of fish hooks would latch themselves under the skin and give a nice, solid, poop-your-pants shock. Originally, they were designed with combating ghouls in mind. The shock would make the muscles seize to the point that they tore right off the bone. This essentially made the ghouls unable to move or function, so they would be piled on top of each other in large pits consuming each other until they lost the rest of their motor function and then dried up into a wretched pile of human beef jerky. They used to teach them about the early days of GH in school, but that was when people thought it was basically over, back when people still wanted to pay honor to the victims of the thing. The problem was, it just kept popping back up and sticking around, no matter what plans the government tried. Zara touched the button and smiled when the baton gave the crackle of a shock. The battery on this thing was even better than she'd given it credit for. There wasn't much left for Zara to do, except wait the long hours until it was two in the morning.